When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The dreaded time has come when you have to find someone else to watch your child. With so many different options out there, how do you find what's best emotionally and financially for your family? What are the pros, cons, and costs? I'm Dr. Lori Rappaport, a licensed clinical psychologist and founder of GrowingUpGreat.com. This is Parent Savers, Episode 5, Child Care Choices. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Casey Wilt. Parent Savers is all about helping new parents preserve their sanity by getting you expert advice from the baby years through the toddler years. Feel free to send us your comments or suggestions on our website, parentsavers.com, or our Facebook page. And you can call the Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775. I am a new parent myself. My son, Carson, is 16 months, and I am also joined by three new parents in the studio. Hi, I'm Michelle Franklin. I'm 36 and work as an editor. I have one child, a girl who is seven months old. I'm Jane Park. I am 37. I'm a fundraising consultant and a stay-at-home mother. I have three children, two girls and a boy, and they're ages five, three, and one. I'm surprised you could remember all that. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised too. I really had to prepare. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Sunny Galt. Uh, I am 34 years old. I'm actually the host of our sister show, which is Preggy Pals, um, which talks about everything pregnancy related. So that's what I do as an occupation. I have two kids. I, I can say that now. I have two kids. Oh my goodness. Um, I just had a baby two weeks ago. So it's always one kid. Um, but now I have two kids and they are both boys, a newborn, obviously a couple weeks old and then a 21 month old another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So this week in headlines, it's big all over Facebook, all over Twitter, all over everything. Uh, it's a Time magazine with um, 26-year-old Jamie Grummet, and she is nursing her three, almost four-year-old son on the cover of Time magazine, and her three and four-year-old three-year-old, is um, standing on a chair, and she has got her left breast out, the one facing away from the camera, and she's got her hand on her hip and given a smirk to the camera of, yeah, that's right. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I am shocked at, like, it's everywhere. It was on MSNBC, and and I was surprised that it said... um, 
23% said way to go and 70, what's the other? 77. Six? <laughs> 77. 77. I forgot. I wrote it down, but I forgot to bring it. Um, said thinks I'd rather not see that. And I was um, shocked because I'm thinking the women in Africa are like, what's the big deal? I mean, they even blurred out the boob. On like you can't even see nipple or anything. I know. In the photo. It's just I know. A little cleavage. Well, you know, though. I mean, I think as a society, like we're so uncomfortable with breastfeeding right. anyway. In still, that yeah. I'm not surprised this yeah. created such a fire. It's storm. polarizing. It yeah. is. Which what? is, of course, why Time put it on exactly. The cover. Oh, of course, yeah. it sells magazines, exactly. right? That's probably why you couldn't get it, Casey. <laughs> I know. I know. And the funny thing is, the article isn't about extended breastfeeding. Essentially, it's about attachment um, parenting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's funny. So I have this article. It says um, the the photographer was trying to use religious images of the Madonna and the child as reference. And think about this. Okay, if you have if if you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old walking around with a bottle, you don't think twice. And if you were to see a picture of um, baby Jesus and the Madonna, because there are some older mm-hmm. pictures, mm-hmm. and her breast is hanging out, wouldn't it be so weird if he had a bottle in his hand, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they had bottles back then. I know. They just, they I know. have an option. But... Yeah. Well, you know, actually, one of the interesting things that I read, and I don't remember what website it was, but they were talking about this cover, and they described the mother as having, like, a dead-eyed stare. So they really made it sound like the way they described her is like she was just kind of still doing this but didn't really want to. Like, they made it really unflattering. I don't think that's the way it looks at all. I think I don't she's, either. like, determined, like, yeah, I'm doing this. Right. And what certainly up? if you yeah. read that interview that yeah. you have printed out, that's not her stance no. at all. So it was really interesting that this other article described her that way. Like, they were already sort of... You know, had this negative spin. Yeah, Yeah. they already had like a negative spin on it. But what I think is really interesting too, and Casey and I were talking about this um, before, is that, you know, this is a picture of a mother and her son. Would we feel the same way if it was a mother and her daughter? You know, all the issues coming up with, oh, you know, it's sexualizing breastfeeding and, oh, you know, that's that's just wrong because it's a male. Psychological issues later. But if it were a female, would we be having these problems? Would we be saying the same things? And I think the answer is probably no. When I saw an interview with her um, on MSNBC and she was saying that the attachment parent, she's she's kind of created enemies with the people who believe in attachment parenting and extended breastfeeding because it's not about there's my boob, I'm feeding my child in public. Because at three, they're not eating in public as much as a newborn is. Yeah. Right. And But right. she's saying that, you know, it's all about coddling and holding mm-hmm. and nurturing. and well, That's true. I think that's the problem that I have with it in general. Um, my first reaction when I saw it was, this is yeah. giving breastfeeding a bad name. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Because it's extreme and it's mm-hmm. radical. And... You know, I'm a, a lactivist as much as um, <laughs> any other <laughs> breastfeeding person. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but what I really didn't like is that this is not really making any friends, which mm-hmm. is a point that you just made, right. Casey. And um, I think that this just go- just goes along with this uh, negative aspect of our culture, mm-hmm. which is feeding off of this extremism wave. She's going to get a book deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just right. like tiger parenting and this French right. parenting thing. Um, it's just causing a stir. And I don't think it's really um, casting a favorable light on the positive aspects of breastfeeding in general, attachment parenting, and extended breastfeeding. Right. Right. Well, I, I, I want to say it's so funny. Because the one thing that has upset me with the end of the day is that everyone's comments on the 
Time oh magazine, gosh. and people are calling her a whore right. and a horrible stuff. I, I was, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's anybody else's business. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah, she did choose to pose on the cover, but and people, she's going to get a backlash about it. But mm-hmm. I really think that one of the big issues is that you know what, this is a personal choice. Yeah. She's not doing any harm to anybody. No, right. Well, no. so in whenever not even to her own son. Interview I'll end with this is she says um, there are people who tell me that they're going to call social services on me or that it's child mess <laughs> child molestation and I yeah she said I really don't think I can reason with those people that's yeah. actually a very uh-huh, healthy mind uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, there seems to be a war going on between conventional parenting and attachment parenting and that's what I want to avoid I want everyone to be encouraging we're not on opposing teams we all need to be encouraging mm-hmm. to each other and I don't think we're doing a very good job at that I, I, I agree with that's that true. message yeah. and I personally I'm not a big fan of these hooter hiders um, <laughs> because show I, it all well, baby. You know, as, as she's making the point that yeah. breastfeeding is in fact a natural thing right. And I think that it's creating more of a stigma and more discomfort for women who are breastfeeding um, by making them feel compelled to cover themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a great discussion. Thank you so much. If you'd like to be a part of it, join our discussion on the Facebook fan page or send us an email on our website, parentsavers.com, and we'll include you in an upcoming episode. Well, today on Parent Savers, we have Dr. Lori Rappaport from growingupgreat.com. It's a parenting program, and she's here to help us decipher the choices in childcare. So, start from the beginning. What are our options? Well, there's a lot of options out there, and I think um, the basic ones are a daycare center where you've usually got coverage from early morning till uh, evening hours, mm-hmm. a home daycare that you can sometimes find in your neighborhood that has a varying amount of hours. Some people choose to have a nanny come into their own home. Um, there's preschool that's also a, an arrangement of child care, and they vary as to what they have to offer. Relatives often come in to help with childcare, part-time and full-time. And then, of course, um, moms that choose to stay at home. So what, let's just talk about the first couple options. we got daycare, there's a home daycare, and there's preschool. What are the differences between um, those three? Well, a daycare center typically has hours from early in the morning, some, you know, even as early as 6.30, 7 in the morning to drop off prior to work, and with pickup hours as late as 6 or 7. So... That's not to say parents leave their kids all day, but they have that option at any point in the day to drop their kids off. Um, And there is oftentimes a preschool component to that, but it's largely based around the flexibility needs of a parent. A home daycare um, has very set hours typically, and those will vary based on the person who's having, you know, who's offering the daycare. And then preschool many times has a very strict hourly 9 to 12, 9 to 1, sometimes a little bit extended, and so it limits there for parents who need to then work their schedules around that. So those are the differences in terms of hours. They're very different in what they offer. And what are the pros and cons of these different options? Well, a daycare center, the pro is that you have a lot of flexibility, and some of them are set up where you don't necessarily have to commit every day to the same time schedule. So for some parents, that's very helpful. Um, For parents who are working full-time, they have the ability to bring their kids there. They don't close. So unlike someone who is a nanny coming to your house and may get sick and can't show up, or a home daycare who has a problem, they're facilities, so they have larger numbers of staff, so they're always open, and you usually can be very dependent on them. Um, A home daycare is different in the sense that you're bringing them to someone's home. 
people have their own personal circumstances. Sometimes there's emergencies. They're smaller. Um, they're set up in someone's home versus in a building where there might be a lot of play equipment or things. But at the same time, some people enjoy the fact that it's in a home and it's similar perhaps to theirs. And preschool has a very set curriculum. Mm-hmm. So people go to preschool and usually choose preschool not only because it's child care, but really choosing preschool for the experience of it, for the fact that the kids are getting that socialization, the structure, um, an opportunity to learn. And do you have any thoughts on uh, developmental benefits for a child in any of these situations? That's a really good question. You know, school has changed so much. Um, many of you, when you went to uh, kindergarten and certainly your parents, um, kindergarten was like a preschool. It was a year to mm-hmm. get accommodated, to learn what mm-hmm. circle time was, to sit, um, to understand how to share. That's not really what kindergarten is anymore. I mean, we really have a very forward kind of kindergarten where kids are learning to read and they're doing math and there's lots of expectations. So kids who don't have some kind of formal experience, and it can be through a home daycare, um, that at least has some structure and expectation for them, have a more difficult transition oftentimes into kindergarten. That's not to say they can't they can't handle it, but it's a little bit different for them if they haven't had that experience. Um, for only children, some kind of, of environment, whether it's daycare or preschool, gives them the socialization and the contact in a way that they wouldn't necessarily have at home with a one-on-one play date. Um, so that is helpful. And um, sometimes, you know, as parents are working, it gives them more interaction and more structure than having someone at some point you know, come into your home. I think a lot of people combine these options Mm -hmm. and there are different um, points in your child's development and also in your own needs where each one of these may work for you and you may utilize one, two, or or several of them in the course of your child's, you know, first Mm -hmm. five years. So what age do you typically put one in each of those categories? Well... You want to put a two-year-old in a preschool per se, or do you? There are many preschool programs that have two-year-old classes. Okay. Um, what's a benefit of a preschool that's truly a preschool is that they not only group by age, but they group by development. So you may have a young two-year-old class or a young three-year-old class and an older three-year-old class, but a young three-year-old who might be the third child in a family might be developmentally more sophisticated mm-hmm. and belong developmentally with the older threes. And in a preschool setting, they can do that, and many preschools will if they're large enough to have several classes. Mm -hmm. will move the children around where they believe developmentally they're appropriate. Um, Daycare is a little bit different because they tend to have rooms and, you know, limits for certain ages, and it's strictly by ages. Um, But they can take, you know, many daycares have infant care. Mm -hmm. Um, Many uh, workplace daycares have infant care. So when you're asking when do kids go in, you know, largely it's dependent on parents. Um, and parents needs some need to put their children in daycare because they need to go back to work or desire to go back to work. Um, some parents are looking at preschool and wondering what's right for my child. I don't need to put them anywhere, but I wonder what would be good. And so that's often a question. So uh, two scenarios. So let's say I have an infant and I have to go back to work after my maternity leave is up. Where's the best spot to stick stick my child and then my second question is that so let's say I have a child and I'm a stay-at-home mom and I stay with my child until three four when do I need to stick them in preschool so they're prepared for 
um, kindergarten. So those are two separate questions. Great questions. So as far as your infant, there is no best one. And I think what everyone needs to recognize is what is going to work for them. One, parents go by your intuition. If you have a gut feeling and someplace doesn't feel right, it's not okay. Um, You need to feel comfortable because you need to trust where you're leaving your child. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be anxious and worried and concerned, then it's not going to work for you. Having someone come into your home, the advantage is your child's home, their routine's not disrupted, you have Mm -hmm. them around, you can have access to them. One of the drawbacks might be that if the person isn't as reliable and doesn't show up, you've got to account for that. Do you have an an emergency backup or you or your spouse or your partner is going to have to stay home uh, Mm -hmm. that day? Uh, If you have a daycare center, as I said before, you can guarantee that you can drop your child off. There will be staff. They have someone call in sick. They've got other staff. That's you know, they, they deal with that. Home daycares, um, so not in your home, but in your neighborhood is also an option. And some people like that because it's close by, they have easy access. And sometimes they even have a relationship. It may be a friend um, that they Mm -hmm. know that is, is creating this home daycare or willing to watch their child with their own um, because they could use the extra money and they prefer, don't have the option to go back to work. So I think that all of those are possibilities, and you've got to evaluate what's open to you. Relatives also come into play. Um, there are issues, as we all know, with yeah. our families and how relationships <laughs> and getting along and expectations. Yes. But but people do, and that is there are more and more grandparents um, stepping in and not only mm-hmm. helping out with child care, but in some cases raising their grandchildren yeah. um, today. And that's a really wonderful thing, and people are fortunate to have that. So um, as far as... Your second question was... Yeah, if, if I was a stay-at-home mom, when do I stick... When, when do you I stick... When do I start paying so, for someone to watch my child? <laughs> so I hear... Part, there's a couple of things there. One is when you need a break. And I always say to parents, and this is the hardest for moms that stay at home, is feeling guilty that I, quote, should be able to care for my child. Everyone needs a break. Child, (laughs) children, right. I know. I have four, and I had four under five. So I had a set of twins in between, and it was was a circus. Um, And I think that moms need a break, and stay-at-home moms really do need to feel that they are working very hard and they're entitled to a little time off Mm -hmm. and they're better moms when they have a break Mm -hmm. and they can recharge. Mm -hmm. So justification, I often hear moms say, oh, you know, well, I'm not working. How can I put my child? Because you need a break. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one reason to put your child in, in preschool at whatever age you feel you need some time. Two, again, as I said, because kindergarten is demanding, and there are moms who say, oh, I enjoy my child. We do lots of things. Yeah. We, we have a good <clears throat> network of play groups, and we go out, and we're active, and I kind of don't want to give them up. Um, those moms will often opt for two days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you right. know, it's hard. It's but what some- age is it like? Yeah, you should be, they should be learning their alphabet in a school situation. Is there, like my my niece is four and hasn't been in preschool yet. And my sister-in-law is going around now looking at places. Is she missed the mark is she no and and let's clarify that the early years are not about academics okay. because any kid who goes into pre into to, um uh, kindergarten and doesn't know their letters their numbers they're not as fluent and stands next to a kid who's reading mm-hmm. at the end of first grade they all look the same mm-hmm. so so what we want kids to get out of preschool and to get out of their early years is a sense of themselves is comfort is self-esteem being able to interact with other children sharing mm-hmm. I am sure um, that most moms who are staying at home 
are introducing letters. So does it need to be in a formal, here's a worksheet every week that's coming home from preschool because the letter of the week happens to be J? No, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, So I think that that's, you know, we want to clarify that it's not that you're missing or you're depriving your child of anything because there are some moms who are doing some amazingly wonderful things with their kids, um, taking them learning, going out and interacting. It's helpful for kids to have some kind of formal experience, whether that's in a home daycare that has, again, that structure. Uh, The year before they go into preschool. It doesn't have to be. There's no set time. It doesn't have to be three. It doesn't have to be three. And if they don't, again, as I said before, that doesn't mean they're not going to be successful in kindergarten. They may have lots of other resources. They may have several siblings. So that's not a big concern. Um, I think sometimes parents may find it challenging as they wait and they'd like to put their kids in preschool in their last year, many preschools and often the ones that are highly desirable have a five-day. You have to put your Mm four-year-old in a five-day because they want to fill the spots and it's harder to fill a two-day. And if that's the case and you only want to send your kid three days or four, if you can financially do it and that's not an issue, what I'll often recommend to parents is put your kid in that program because you like it and pull them out when you feel like it. Then you're not forced to Mondays and Wednesdays, but you're You just choose to say, hey, we're going to spend the day, and you may find your kid may want to be in preschool and sometimes Mm -hmm. not want to stay, Um, but sometimes, you know, you you take them out, and you can take them out as you want to, um, to spend time with them. Hmm, That's a good idea. So of all these options, where do they all fall on the financial spectrum? Ah, they're very different, and they're very different depending on where you live. Religious-based preschools, if you're looking at preschools, tend to be less costly because Mm -hmm. if you're a member of that synagogue, church, or if you're having financial difficulties, they will often try to accommodate you. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a mom with triplets who really couldn't figure out a place for her her children to be, and they couldn't afford it, and found a church they weren't a part of who welcomed them in and really Mm -hmm. helped them to Mm -hmm. financially be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Home daycare, bringing someone into your home, depending on where you are, if they're living in, is less expensive um, and gives you a little more flexibility but less privacy than if they're living out. Uh, who you're choosing to bring into your home, you know, whether it's someone who is unskilled or doesn't Mm -hmm. speak English, let's say, versus a college student versus maybe a 45-year-old woman who's done raising her children, um, all can vary in cost. Mm -hmm. Home daycares vary tremendously. It could be someone that you know that you've offered to say, hey, you're home with your child. I have another one. Would you like to watch mine? Mm -hmm. And you can help Mm -hmm. them out by, you know, by giving them some some monetary um, exchange. Relatives, sometimes relatives provide care and they're paid. You know, oftentimes relatives need money. Some families are helping to support their parents and it's a way for them to feel, okay, we're all in this together. I'll pay you more, but I'm getting something out of it and I'm, you know, giving it to you and I'm helping you as well. Um, So daycares can tend to be, if you're working full time, um, probably cost effective for you Mm -hmm. because you have more flexibility and some of them will allow you to have, if you take a day off, not send your child, but sort of have a minimum hours a week. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on what your needs are um, because they can all be, um, you know, they can all be similar depending on what you're looking for. Oh, thank you so much. When we come back, we'll talk about other options of nanny care and relative care and staying at home. We'll be right back. Hi, we're back with Dr. Lori Rappaport from Growing Up Great Parenting Program, and she's helping us talk about our child care choices. So in this section, we're going to want to ask you about 
the other options, which was nanny care and relatives. So how does nanny care work? Well, it works in many different ways. Sometimes people share a nanny, so they will look to hire someone and come into one house and bring the kids together and share that in some way. For financial Um, aspects? For financial aspects, and also, as your child gets a little older, for socialization. If you have a good friend and the kids are friends and you're taking care of two, financially, it's helpful. It's also helpful, as those of you with older kids know, having two kids that can play together helps Mm -hmm. a little bit than you Mm -hmm. amusing them all the time. And they get the socialization. Um, people advertise, you know, in many different ways from word of mouth, parenting groups um, and forums to Craigslist to the local newspaper. Penny Savers often a great mm-hmm. place to find people. And many times there are women whose kids are school age who are going back, you know, their kids are in school. They want to be around for their kids should they, um, you know, come home from school at 3 o'clock. But so they don't want to necessarily take a full-time job, but they would love to take care of someone else's child. Um, So that's the nanny part. Um, Sometimes there are au pairs, which is a whole other, you know, Mm -hmm. other topic Mm -hmm. where you have foreign exchange students that come. They live with you typically. Part of it is their ability to live in the United States, learn English and experience things and take classes, but they are around to provide some child care, but often not necessarily, you know, as full-time if you're working full, full-time. Uh, and then there are relatives, people in your own family, often grandparents, sometimes sisters. I um, know a family right now just had triplets whose um, sister, the husband's sister, is taking a break from school and graduate school and came and lived with them for a year and is helping out. So sometimes you have you know family that can be helpful. And sometimes family that we said before that you're supporting already. So here's a way for you to provide maybe more support or give them an opportunity to to help you back um so so that's an option too do you have any thoughts on um i've worked with several nannies but um the expectations of of housework that's a really great question i think that often when we meet someone we try to tailor our job to them Mm -hmm. if they come in and say i don't want to do this and you say well okay Um, It's best to have your idea of what you need. Mm -hmm. And if you're Mm -hmm. going to really want someone to do laundry for Mm -hmm. you because you have an infant and they're going to, you know, the infant will sleep and you're going to come home tired and that's not what you want to do, then make sure that you get that up front. Don't compromise because you're only going to resent that in the long term. Or pay for it in uh another way. Yeah, (laughs) there are. And there are many people. And again, it depends. You're going to get your college student if you're looking for a nanny who's really going to want to come. And perhaps at the time you get a college student, it's for a a two-year-old who takes them to the park or takes them to somewhere and they interact with them and they're really not interested in doing housework and if your goal at that point is you know for that kid to be out and about then Mm -hmm. that's that's okay Mm -hmm. um if you want someone to come into the home and you want them to straighten up as well and perhaps you're not sure that you're working full-time so you're around and there are times where you might want to take your child Mm -hmm. i often see parents get stuck in that dilemma of well i have child care today but i really wanted to be with my kid Mm -hmm. and now what i'm not going to pay and take them but yet they're feeling like they want to be there. Um, if your person does housework as well, then you can take your child for a couple of hours and give them an opportunity to be in your house and, and Full straighten up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Can I hijack this question a little bit more? Sure. Um, so going deeper into this mother's helper role mm-hmm. um, with a college student, one of um, my most challenging times of the day is the end of the day um, when it's time to wind down the play, um, finish fixing dinner, and feed everybody, 
and then get them ready for bed and get them in bed. The bewitching hour. The bewitching yeah. hour. And <laughs> yeah. my children are young, five, three, right. and one. Um, and my one-year-old really still needs to be held all the time, right. and mm-hmm. he needs full-on attention. So mm-hmm. um, I've experimented with having some high school students come in um, for two hours right. to to be there. Um, and um, I, one of the challenges is when you're present – my children, my older children tend to be more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have tips on how to handle that particular situation? Yeah, you bring up a great thing because I think kids are a resource and even middle school kids, responsible middle mm-hmm. school students f- will come for an hour or two. And that's Isn't that funny. Time. We used to all babysit when we were yeah. middle school students mm-hmm. and I know, yeah. no, I, no one hires them anymore. Uh-huh. Oh, I do. Um, oh, and I think <laughs> is it child labor? Can we pay a little bit less? <laughs> yes, you walk. You, you're exactly right. You can pay less, so that's why mm-hmm. some people can can afford to do okay. that. But it really is. It changes you because if you can deal with even one or two of the kids while someone takes the one year old, because the one year old is probably easier to separate, mm-hmm. then that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And it gives you an, an opportunity to get through that time to not be so stressed, to not feel spent when mm-hmm. you're finished. Mm-hmm. And I. I think that too often people look at childcare as, oh, I can't afford to do that because they think about it. Now I'm paying this amount of money and they think about yeah. it forever. And what that, you need to, me. okay. <laughs> so what you need to realize, especially when you have a new baby and you're in the situation you're in is it could be six months. Yep, you right. know, a, I see a lot of families who have multiples or have multiples after a singleton. And what I'll say to them is hire someone during that bewitching hour mm-hmm. to come in and deal with your older child. Give mm-hmm. them that attention because you're going to be caught up with the babies. You have to. That child's going to get the attention mm-hmm. they need. You're going to feel less stressed. And it could be only a couple of months. And yet that's money well spent when you look at it in a finite amount of money. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it really changes the quality of your life. And that's what we're looking for here. It's not, can I handle this? Mm. Most people can handle everything. You know, they mm-hmm. handle what they're given. Mm-hmm. But how, what the quality of our life is at that point is a whole different question. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we might rather not buy whatever it is that we might have gone out to buy or rent or go to a movie, but use that for childcare because in the longer term for that couple of week period, six month period, it's really going to make an impact in our lives. That's true. What I noticed is that I just, yelled a lot less <laughs> during the whole week. Right. And, yeah. you know, think cool. about your marriage. Mm-hmm. It, you yeah. know, for those of you who are not single parenting and are married, raising children, and, and in terms of marital satisfaction, surprisingly to most people, the lowest point of marital satisfaction is after the birth of your first child. Oh, so true. And during the early <laughs> childbearing years. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Well, because it's not a couple's issue. It's really a, it's a parenting mm-hmm. issue. We as individuals mm-hmm. grow and change and bond with our kids, mm-hmm. but we don't have time. Our marriage mm-hmm. kind of goes on the shelf. And mm-hmm. we go, yeah, you know, wherever it is, we have to put it mm-hmm. away for a while. So at the end of that day, when you're less stressed, you have a little bit more to give to your partner, a little bit more to talk with them mm-hmm. about um, you're more pleasant and so yes it does change the quality of your life and so for those reasons um, particularly if you have a spouse that's working really hard we often when we're home and working hard you have three under five you look to your spouse when they walk through the door and go here this day was <laughs> yeah. you know and and rightfully so because we feel overwhelmed but at the same time they've had a long day right, and we right. sometimes forget that and mm. so getting that third person in who's energetic and can work with mm-hmm. our kids really takes the strain off of all of us yep. well thank you so much dr Lori, for helping us learn about child care choices if you want more information on dr Lori rapaport go to today's show on our episodes page on our website or visit growingupgreat.com. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. 
Hanna Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Before we wrap up today's show, here is a parent's guide to babysitting. Hi, parent savers. This is Jody with Urban Sitter, a website that connects you to friend-tested sitters. I'm here to help you figure out the right questions to ask when searching for a babysitter, such as, what qualifications should my sitter have? So you found a sitter that has experience, but what other qualifications do they have? The primary qualification to look for in a sitter is CPR certification and first aid training. If you find a great sitter who isn't CPR certified, you can always offer to pay for a class, or better yet, take one with her. It's a great excuse for you to brush up on your CPR too. Ask your sitters to dig deeper into their qualifications. Questions you might not think to ask, like, do you speak another language? Do you know how to cook? Are you willing to help with errands and household chores? These additional skills may just be the icing on the cake. It is possible to find a sitter that can communicate to your infant in sign language or help with the math homework. Or better yet, when you go on vacation, maybe you can take that sitter along with you. Okay, parent savers, it's time to say hello to your old friend's spontaneity. Visit urbansitter.com to find and book babysitters your friends know and love. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions for our expert about today's show or the topics we discuss, call our Parent Savers hotline 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or our Facebook page, and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we'll talk about the most common infant infections to better prepare parents before making a panic-driven call to your pediatrician. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.